Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, where today I'm joined by Anthony Bodine. He's the founder of ProTech Automotive Services in Johnston, Rhode Island. If you recall, ProTech Automotive Services was our shop view feature for the month of May. Uh, the shop is an 18,000 square foot, 18 base shop with an average monthly car count of 300 and an annual revenue of $3 million. Uh, one of the cool fun facts you may recall from that interview, Anthony's attention to detail and meticulous nature uh, was one of the things that really stood out about him in the interview and even down to how the shop smelled and working with another company to develop a signature scent for the shop. We're going to talk about just his penchant for detail, why it matters to him, why being a premium shop means a lot to him and his customers and how he developed that signature scent, uh, among other things we're going to talk about. But here's Anthony Bodine. Enjoy the interview. Well, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you come to us from ProTech Automotive in Johnston, Rhode Island. Uh, tell us your background in automotive and then talk a little bit about your shop. All right. Uh, so my background in automotive goes back oh, 30 something years. Um, I'm 38, but, uh, you know, I started with a car obsession, you know, as a toddler, um, one of those destructive kids. Um, didn't didn't care anything about baseball, football, soccer, anything like that. Um, you know, I was a kid in the outfield digging holes, playing little league. Um, I just anything with an engine and, and tires, um, I was just like obsessed with as a kid. So um, throughout my young years, you know, getting into trouble with, you know, dirt bikes and, you know, breaking stuff and uh, things like that, just naturally learned to fix things um, before my parents found out that I, you know, that I broke something. Um, I started to just develop a, you know, a knack for fixing anything. And I, I really liked it. Um, so I knew I always wanted a career in automotive. Um, I knew I wanted to, you know, own my own business and, and do something for myself. Um, so I went, I got a business degree, um, right after high school, I got some experience in the field, um, as a tech at a few different shops, some, some, uh, corporate run shops, uh, some independent shops, um, and really learned a lot, um, and decided that I wanted to do it for myself. Um, my father had just retired or was in the process of retiring and, um, he didn't want to work, but he was willing to, uh, he was willing to help get me started. Um, so we got some, some financing and, and stuff like that from a local bank and we, uh, we created a business plan and kind of created a brand. Um, and in 2010, we opened our one and only shop and we hope to expand from here. Very cool. Now you were featured in our shop view for our May 2023 issue. You know, I've chronicled about, I'd say about 15 shops at least in my young career here as the editor of Ratchet and Wrench. And I can say that your attention to detail really stands out to me. Like, uh, tell me why you're so passionate about the details. Because I think that that's what separates, um, that's what separates, you know, satisfaction from, from excellence. That's what, you know, um, anybody can do the bare bones and anybody can kind of get it, you know, a hundred percent, but, you know, going above and beyond it's, it's in the details. Um, you know, one of our, um, one of our, um, uh, values is that, you know, we're not doing something different. We're doing it better. Um, so we're still repairing cars like everybody else. Um, but we'd like to think that we're, we're doing it better. Um, we, we look at every single detail, um, as we talked before, um, I'm a very picky customer. Um, I'm a, I'm a good 
customer, um, you know, in the service industry when I need to purchase services. Um, but I, you know, I, I really um, want the best and I want the best for my customers. So I don't want them to have to ask for things. I don't want them to have to say, hey, you know, I wish this was a little different. I wish this was better. Um, I want to go ahead and just do that. Um, I want to make it easy for people. Um, and um, I just, I want our product to be the best. So I'm very, very focused on that. Um, and it's, we've got to, you know, we've got to look the part. Um, for too many years, shops were kind of dark and kind of grimy places and um, not the kind of place that you'd want to send your family to, your wife, your daughter, stuff like that. Um, and as you know, half of our customers are, are female. So we want to be welcoming. We want to be inviting. So that's why we chose bright colors. Um, our, our shop is spotless. If, our, if we can't keep our waiting room clean, then how can a customer expect us to keep their vehicle clean and repaired properly? Um, so we w really want to want to look the part, um, act the part. Um, we've all been places, um, whether it's automotive repair or something similar, where um, the service might have just been subpar or, you know, something was lacking in the details. Um, so we try to think of everything and um, really elevate our service to make sure that people are getting good value. Yeah. And let's take a look at some of that detail oriented work that you talk about. The one, the first thing that stands out really is that you have a custom built shop. Talk about how you work with your architect to develop the, the shop itself. Cause it's a very cool looking shop from the outside it has great curb appeal. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So we, we pick the property out first. I grew up about a mile down the road. Um, and so we knew the location and it's got great exposure, great, great uh, car count on the road. And it's, it's right off the highway. So it's very, very accessible from almost anywhere in the state. Um, we purchased the property and then based on the shape of the property, it kind of dictated the layout of the building. We had to do kind of an L shaped building because of the property setback in the buildable area. Um, <clears throat> so the shape of the building was kind of dictated by the layout of the property. Um, but the actual look of the building, um, we wanted it to be different. We wanted to create a brand where if you, um, you know, if you drive by and there was no sign on there, you'd know it's ProTech. We've got our own look. Um, and I learned a lot of that from my dad too. He's very good with branding. And that's one of the things that we talked about was having a really strong brand because eventually we want multiple locations. Um, so the, the look of the business, the look of the building itself should really showcase the brand. Um, so we, we, you know, worked back and forth with the architect to come up with some, um, some simple yet, yet powerful, uh, designs. There's no huge complex curves or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of squared edges and stuff like that. Um, in the material, we use like a green metal paneling, um, part of our, you know, part of our color scheme. Um, and we just wanted it to be, we wanted it to be warm and inviting. Um, we wanted it to look modern. Um, we didn't want to go for that, like leather couch and fireplace inside, like, you know, inviting in that way where it feels like you're in a living room. We want it to feel like you're in a new modern hotel lobby or something like that. So, um, that's kind of where we got the inspiration for the look. Um, again, at, at the time, it seemed like a lot of shops were starting to, um, update a little bit, um, you know, just simply like get better lighting and things like that. And we wanted to really, uh, do something different.
Okay. Yeah. I think that's, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about certain shops, particularly yours, is that they really they fit into the area that they have been placed in, you know, Cause before, you know, years ago, you would see like, you know, these shops, but they're off the beaten path a little bit, right? Because, you right. Know, like you said, they had that connotation of being dirty or grimy. So they were off to the side, maybe on a side state road or something. But nowadays, with shops such as yours, where you've got these clean, immaculate buildings that don't even look like repair shops, you can put them next to like gorgeous, immaculate neighborhoods. You can put them right on the side of the highway and they look, you know, they, they stand up. You know what I mean? That's right. Absolutely. It's it's easier, you know, I think for me, one of the easier things is we started from scratch with this building. We didn't inherit a, you know, uh, an older building, an older shop. Um, shops don't don't turn into a disaster overnight. You know, it ta- it's little by little, it's day by day, just not keeping up on things. And before you know it, 10, 15 years down the road, uh, you know, it just, it looks awful. So we really do try to stay on top of it. Um, there's no reason you can't have your shop. It doesn't matter the size of the building. It doesn't matter, um, you know, your location. You can get it cleaned up. You can make it look good. You can keep it presentable. You can clean the windows on a regular basis so that there's not, you know, the windows aren't always kind of fogged up with crud and stuff like that. Um, you know, you can, you can, pick up trash in the parking lot, you know, at least once a week, make sure there's no cups blowing around and things like that. You know, you can get your lawnmower out there and cut whatever grass you have. And, and um, you can do a lot and, and it doesn't matter again, it doesn't matter where you are or how big the building is or small. Um, there's no reason you can't uh, take care of it and make it, you know, make it look clean. Right. And you talked a little bit a few minutes ago about just the color, you know, like how deliberate you were with like that chartreuse, that kind of like chartreuse yellow, and it's against the really soft gray. Um, it stands out, and it really does stand out. Like, talk more about the brand. Talk about your mindset behind developing the brand, why you chose the colors, and really how you plugged all that stuff together to you know, to create, you know, what is now the pro tech look. Yeah, sure. So um, I can't take credit for all of that. Um, we worked with a branding company that helped us to develop a brand. We kind of sat down and outlined who our target audience is, our target market, target customers. And, you know, we said to ourselves, like, what do we want people to think about us? What do we want our image to, to, how do we want it to make people feel? Um, We didn't use a lot of, um, we didn't use a lot of bold colors, like, um, like a a bright, bright red or, um, you know, things like that, because that's a little bit more of a masculine, look, we're not a race shop or anything like that. So we wanted something, um, some colors that really fit, that were modern, clean, make you think of technology. Um, so the green, obviously, you know, um, this day and age, we've got, you know, solar panels in the lower building. We're trying to be as green as possible. Um, you know, so that's the green helps that out, you know, helps that, um, message. Um, the gray is kind of, a, you know, technology focused we didn't use really black in anything um because that that can that can give you that luxury look but we didn't want to look like a um you know a a rolls royce dealership where everything's black and chrome and you know we didn't want that kind of old school luxury look um because we're a shop for everyday people and we service all cars not just luxury cars um so again we worked with a branding agency that really helped us choose colors that uh that fit our model that fit what we wanted and who we are. 
Okay. Now let's walk us inside the shop, uh, Anthony. You know, talk. Give us like the ten cent tour about how you configured the shop. Because you talked a few minutes ago about how you didn't want it to be like the shop that had the leather couches or the fireplaces, but you wanted to be more like the hotel waiting room. And so it has a very industrial feel, which I think is really cool. Um, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, when you walk in, um, it's very, very bright. We've got a lot of lighting in the office and waiting room area. We do have a fairly large waiting room. Back when we started, we did a lot of waiting appointments and that's just kind of the way it was. It seemed like everybody was doing that and so were we. Um, now, as we've gone on through the years, we don't do waiting appointments anymore. Um, there's you know exceptions sometimes we do and people will, will wait for a ride oftentimes, but um, so we probably could have, you know, in hindsight, we could have done a, a bit of a smaller waiting room area. Um, but again, we wanted it to be inviting and comfortable. Um, we've got, you know, refrigerators with waters and juices and snacks and stuff like that. Um, as for the seating, we do have leather seating, but they're kind of like leather club chairs. Um, we didn't, you know, I didn't want to do the couch thing. If you're sitting there, you know, people don't want to sit together on a couch if they don't know each other. It's kind of weird. Um, so we did individual seating. We've got some high top tables. Um, one of the biggest things that people notice, uh, well, first thing would be the colors that they notice. They love how bright and inviting it is. Um, the second thing is all the glass. So, um, when you walk into the right, there's the customer drive-in area. Um, so there's just a wall of glass right there looking out into that, that area. Then there's a couple of bays where we do state inspections and stuff like that. Um, and then towards the back of the waiting area is where, you know, beyond the service counter is a wall leading out into the shop. Um, and that wall is all glass as well. And I got the inspiration for that. I worked at a, um, a corporate owned um, repair shop for a while. And it, it, from the office waiting room area into the shop, there was one tiny little window in a, in a cinder block wall. And it was maybe, it was like 18 inches by 18 inches. It was just a square little window. So you'd have like three or four people kind of like huddled around that window at one point trying to look in to see what's going on with their car. And um, so I was like, why, what are we hiding? We're not hiding anything. Let's, let's open it up. People want to see, let's open it up. So um, that was kind of one of the inspirations for the glass. Um, and we, we're a very transparent company. We make sure that uh, uh, our customers know that and we want them, you know, we encourage them to ask questions and we encourage them to get involved and, and understand exactly what we do, how we do it and why we do it. Um, so again, the glass kind of helps, um, deliver that transparency message. Um, so then there's, um, so yeah, the colors, the glass. Um, again, we've tried to think of all the details when it came to choosing a countertop. I found this, um, I was looking for recycled, recycled building products, like kind of green building products. And we found this company that does recycled glass countertops. So I was like, yeah, that, that's great. So we, we did that. Um, trying to think what else? Um, Something else that I noticed that I thought was super, you know, super cool about the shop was that the walls, you've got these colored walls, you've got like, you know, words and slogans on the walls, you've got these brilliant, like, photo panels. Talk about those a little bit. Those are really neat. Yeah. So we just, you know, we want people to understand um, what type of business we are, what we stand for. So our, our mission, our vision, our values, and most companies have that stuff outlined. So we wanted to put it kind of front and center. So in different places on the walls is where we decided. So I'm looking out my office window now and uh, it's, you know, I look, my office looks out into the customer drive-in and then in big, big, you know, writing on the wall, it says our vision is to create a whole new experience. We expect honest, reliable and customer focused service. Um, so we want people to see the messaging and know, you know, what we're about. Um, that was important to us. Um, we've got uh, right at the 
front door where the, the main entrance, um, we've got one of those kind of photo walls where we have pictures of all of our staff um, up there. So, um, you know, we're a, we're a family owned company, locally owned, uh, single location, and we want people to see that, um, you know, that we're people and, um, you know, we're, we're all part of the community here. And it helps to, you know, again, it helps by having pictures of your staff up in the waiting room. Now, talk about the signature scent. That's something we covered in the story. Uh, that's one of the coolest things that I've probably ever seen. You know, I think about whenever I think about it, I think about Cinnabon. You know, you go to the mall or you go through the airport and you smell Cinnabon from a mile away. And so, it, it, so like when you talked about having your own signature scent in the shop, I immediately thought about that. Talk to us about, you know, how that came about, the idea behind it, and really what, what customers perceive of it. Yeah, so um, the scent thing, I get asked about it a lot. Um, it's it's uh it's it's funny. So again, I'm I'm a picky customer, and I notice weird things like that. I guess, um, but yeah, if you if you're walking in an airport and you walk by like a Delta Sky Club, there's like a certain scent that they have, a signature scent. Um, anybody that's been to a shopping mall in the last 30 years or 20 years that's walked by an Abercrombie and Fitch, that's an extreme example. It's a very overpowering scent that that comes out of there. Um, what what I, I think that the 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 time. The event that sparked it for me was um, I went with my wife uh, to D.C. We stayed at a hotel. Um, it was a Kimpton hotel. I don't remember which one, um, but it smelled unbelievable when you walked in. It was such a unique, not overpowering, but like a unique and just perfect scent for kind of the vibe in this place. It was a beautiful, um, I believe it was the Kimpton Monaco in D.C., and it's just got this really unique design inside, and then the, the scent that they have is exactly how you would expect it to smell. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Um, and I just, I had noticed that I had started like thinking about it. You go to different department stores, you go all these places and there's these signature scents. So I ended up, um, you know, late one night getting online and Googled it and, and found this company that does commercial scenting. Um, so I had them, you know, I talked with a scent specialist, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, they sent me, you know, I talked about my business and showed them the website, showed them pictures and kind of told them what I was looking for. Something fresh, not overpowering, not too floral, but not too like masculine. I wanted something just a nice, clean, fresh scent, like you're walking into a, a nice hotel um, because people remember that. I remember that. Um, so they sent sent me a bunch of samples. We, My wife and I went through them and uh, we ended up making a choice on one particular scent. and. Um, so we purchased it. We set up this um, this device that you know we we actually put piping in the ceiling, um, so it put, gets pumped through the ceiling of the waiting room. It's not out in the shop area. It's just in the waiting room and office area. Um, but people notice it when they come in. Again, it's not overpowering. It's not in any way obtrusive. Uh, but people love it. They comment on it all the time, and um, they it's 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 memorable. Um, so we started actually bottling it and, and giving some samples away to people and they love it. Uh, people use it in their cars, like a air freshener in their car, home, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really cool. I'm happy that we did that. And, um, again, it's just to kind of round out, you know, the brand, we, you know, the, the look of it, the feel of it, you know, all the colors and stuff, that's all, you know, visual. And then the scent is also something that, uh, that's as memorable as the, the look and the colors and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that speaks volumes about your attention to detail. It really does. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, let me ask you another question regarding sure. that, but not really the same. But how often does that happen to you? Like, how often are you just thinking about 
the brand of the shop, the look of the shop, the customer experience of the shop when you're just just doing, you know, your thing. I, I make it a point to think about it frequently. Um, so I, I, I don't know that I would necessarily say every day, but at least once a week, I'm constantly thinking about, is there a light out anywhere? You know, we've all been in businesses where there's like, there's lights out, there's, you know, there's a crack in one of the panes of glass, there's something out of the ordinary. Um, and when you're, when you're here every day, you know, you just kind of become blind to it. You don't realize it. Um, and that's one thing that I learned from my dad years ago was, you know, every day when I pull in, I need to be looking at the business as if I'm a customer pulling in for the first time. So we've been open for thir uh, yeah, 13 years now, just over 13 years. Um, and so I've been driving in and out of this building every day for 13 years. So you don't always notice stuff because it's just, you're so used to it. But every day we have one or two customers, at least every day that pull in here for the first time. So we want 13 years in, we want people to have that same first impression that they did 13 years ago when they drove, when, you know, when we first opened. Um, so I do make sure that every day when I pull in, as I'm passing the front of the property, turning in, um, you know, we're on a main road. So sometimes we get trash that blows around cups and things like that. Unfortunately, people throw things out of cars and you end up with like, you know, little bags and stuff like that. Um, so we'll walk out, you know, every day and just pick up something. Um, if it's, floating around the parking lot you know if there's an empty cup blowing around in the wind we'll go out there and pick that up um we keep up with the landscaping we have uh, a company that comes out and cleans the windows once a month on the front the inside windows get cleaned once a week um so yeah we constantly think about it we constantly think about ways that we can improve um we hand out so we hand out you know paper invoices um you know regular eight and a half by 11 invoices and recently i was like you know people are you know our average average ticket is quite high people are spending a lot of money i hate to just hand somebody up you know a folded up piece of paper or receipt so um I, we had these little document holders these little document folders uh made so i kind of designed the layout for those and had them printed and we present it to the customer in a nice you know colored you know folder um just little things like that um we try to just try to go above and beyond um and, and again, not just the things like that, but also in the service. So we started thinking, you know, we're not a, we're not a bargain shop for, for oil change services, maintenance or, or anything. There's always somebody that's going to do it cheaper. We're charging, you know, top dollar for stuff. We need to make sure we deliver. Um, so what can we add? How can we add value to those services? One of the things that we did, and this is something that drives me nuts, living out here in Rhode Island, our winters are tough sometimes. They put a ton of salt down the roads. So in the winter time, you jump in your car, you put it in reverse. You know, if it's a newer car, the screen lights up and you got your reverse camera and it's, you can barely see out of it. It's all, it's got salt caked all over it. Uh, and it's annoying. So one of the things we do is every time a car comes in for service, when we write it up, we walk around with an alcohol swab and we clean the lens of every camera on the outside of the car. I can't tell you if a customer's ever noticed it or not. Um, and it's not something that we're looking for recognition for, but it's the right thing to do. It's one of those, I would probably notice it. Most people don't, um, but that's something that's important to me. You know, if they're coming here for a service, let's let's do the best we can. If we do a tire rotation, if the car's got some brake dust in the wheels, we do a tire rotation. Well, now it's really noticeable because there's fingerprints on it, on the wheels. So even though we didn't get the wheels dirty by just touching them, now it's smudged all that, that crud that's on there. So we wipe the wheels down, we do a tire rotation. Um, just uh, so many little things like that. Um, we try to just 
we try to get ahead of. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to do the little things well, like the little, like you said, little things that you don't think people notice or get recognition, you notice it and you right. want to do something about it because you care about your customer. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the repair end of it. Let's talk about, I mean, your bays are meticulous. Like talk about how you organized your bays. So um, we, we originally, when we did the, so I should start by saying we have two buildings here in the property. So the, the main building um, is, I think most of the pictures in the, the article were from the main building, the original building built in 2010. Um, we've got six bays in the back. We've got two bays off to the side that we used to use for state inspections and, and you know, oil change services. Um, we quickly grew out of that. We, when we designed the building, we wanted lots of space in between the bays for, you know, roll carts and stuff like that. We didn't want it to be too crammed. Um, but in, the downside to that is we we click, quickly ran out of bay space, um, or a number of bays, I should say. So in 2016, we built um, a building in the, the back of the property that's much bigger. Um, there's a small little office down there um, and a restroom, and there's no waiting room or anything like that. So it's just it's just bays. It's got I think uh, I think it's got 11 lifts down there right now. Um, so. For the upper building, uh, we did built-in toolboxes, again, because we've got a lot of glass people can see right in there. So we did do built-in toolboxes um, when we did the upper building. Um, we did a nice epoxy floor. We have a floor floor machine that we do. Uh, we were doing it every day. We probably do it every other day now. Try to keep it super, super clean and organized. Um, it's it's an uphill battle, as you can imagine. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's constantly... Uh, <laughs> constantly an uphill battle with cars coming in the winter with salt you know dripping off of them with snow and stuff like that um but we really do try to stay on top of everything and not let anything get too out of hand okay and your um, bays look extremely well lit did you use any special like lighting do you use like led lighting or use any special type of lighting so yes yeah, so we did we installed led lighting about three years ago um we did one of those programs through the power company where you pay you know, you pay 25%, they pay 75%, um, and you pay it over the course of, uh, you know, 12 months or something like that. Um, so that made a tremendous improvement in the lighting. Um, but now looking at it again, it's starting to, I think it could be even better. Um, so in fact, in my office here, I've got a couple of um, um, like shop, not spotlights, but they're kind of low hanging, uh, you know, task lights. So we're actually going to hang some of those up over over the front of each bay um, to give the technicians better lighting. And they'll be able to turn it on and off with a wireless remote control uh, just for some additional lighting. We also have um, in the back bays, I believe there's about seven, six or seven skylights um, to bring in some natural light. The garage doors are, are mostly glass, um, just a couple solid panels at the bottom and the rest is glass. So we tried to get as much natural light in there as we can um, because we want the guys to feel comfortable working. We don't want it. We don't want them working in a dark, you know, awful working conditions. So it was important to have good lighting. Um, so uh, yeah, so the lighting is great. It, it could be better. So we're working on actually replacing a lot of it and getting it even better and brighter. Okay. And something you said before to me was that you're very adamant about keeping your tools and technology current. Uh, how often are you updating your equipment? Uh, quite a bit. Um, quite a bit. We just replaced the alignment machine. Um, we had our, well, we had our original one from 2010, and then I believe um, in 2020, we replaced it um, with a Hunter system. Um, 
all of the balancers and tire, you know, we have two tire balancers, two tire changers. Those have all been replaced um, at least once already. Um, as for scan tools and stuff like that, we're always, you know, we're always chasing the newest and greatest. Um, we keep everything updated um, and we try to, we try to really um, get the technicians involved and, and have, you know, let them have a, a say in what gets replaced and when and, and that kind of stuff. We want to make sure that the guys have what they need to be able to do their job. So um, if, if I'm going to ask them to, you know, to have this wide scope of repairs and be able to service all these different vehicles with perfection, they need the right tools to do that. It's unrealistic to ask these guys to, to work on things that we don't have the right tools for. So, um, so we're not afraid to, you know, to make investments and stay, stay ahead because, you know, if you spend too long, not, not keeping up or, uh, you know, not getting the newer stuff, it's, it kind of piles up and then all of a sudden you're, you know, not able to work on any of the newer stuff. Okay. So what's next for ProTech? You know, you mentioned earlier that you were considering, you know, going multi-shop at some point. Uh, what's, what's looking, what's your future looking like? So it's, it's looking good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that um, our industry is going to be strong for independent service as long as we're staying up to date. And as long as we're, um, paying attention to all the new stuff on the horizon and committed to training and development and new equipment and stuff like that. Um, so I believe in the industry and I think that there's a, it, there's a, it's a great, it's a great industry to be in. Um, so I, you know, I do plan on opening multiple locations. We still have some work to do here. Um, I started about three years ago, a little over three years ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's like end of 2019 started working with a coach. Um, and that helped tremendously. Um, I mean, we, we couldn't have got to where we are without that. Um, so the plan now is to continue to maximize what we can do here. I'm going to, we're actually going to reconfigure some of the bays, some of the layout, um, as best we can to try to squeeze in another lift or two. And then from there, you know, hire at least one, one or two more technicians, uh, kind of maximize what we're doing here. And then also at the same time, we want to start looking for a second location and, you know, we're not sure whether we want to build from scratch or take over an existing one. So I'm still kind of working through all that stuff right now. Um, but that's what the that's what the future holds. I'd like to get, you know, three to five shops open. Um, I really do enjoy it. It's something that uh, very fulfilling. I like, uh, you know, I like being a part of the product and and, you know, hearing the good reviews and, you know, getting kind words from customers and stuff like that. OK, so it's something well, that I want to stay with. All right. So, you know, what lesson do you think shop owners can take away from how you operate ProTech? Like, what's something that you think, you know, that a shop owner looking at your shop can pick up from you just by watching you or seeing you? I think a lot of what we talked about was the details. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, everyone's, of course, somewhat price conscious, but that's not always the most important thing. Um, I think that following through with what you say you're going to do um, is, is huge for customers standing behind your product, um, owning any mistakes. We all make mistakes. So we've, I mean, we've had oil outs, we've had to buy engines before, um, you know, and it's, it's embarrassing to admit that stuff, but there isn't a shop owner out there um, that hasn't had to, to scrub oil off of somebody's driveway because, you know, oil leaked out of a car or something like that. Um, so everybody makes mistakes like that. Um, but we should, uh, we should own them. We should, we should, make it right for the for the customer um 
we shouldn't make the customer have to ask for a good service. We shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't wait for the customer to say, hey, you know, next time you service my car, can you make sure it's not so, you know, there's not grease everywhere or can you make sure, you know, you don't stink up the inside of my car or whatever. You know, we want to think about that stuff ahead of time. Put yourself in the customer's shoes coming in. If they're spending, you know, if your average ticket is $800, $1,000, that's a lot of money that they're spending. We want to make sure that obviously the repair is done right. But we want to go one step further and make sure that car is returned to them in better condition, cleaner than it was when they dropped it off. Um, we shouldn't have to wait for them to call, you know, to get to to check up on their car. Um, we should call them and and say, you know, hey, your car is done or your car is not done. I'm just following up with you to let you know we're just getting started on it now. Um, just listen to your customers if there's if they're you know if there's any common complaints or anything like that, you've got to find a way to do it. Um, you've got to find a way to just to just kind of handle it so people aren't having to ask for that stuff. It is it is in the details. I do believe that because there's a lot of shops out there that are doing the same work. Um, we want to make sure that we're doing things that uh, um, that people other people aren't doing. And I, one of the important things with that is also the technology. The younger generation uh, is all about technology. So being able to you need you know as a shop owner uh, you need to be able to have customers text your shop and then your shop be able to text those customers. People don't want to, they're working all day. They don't want to answer their phone, you know, if you have to give them an update or something like that. So you need to be able to text back and forth. Um, loaner cars are very important for us. Um, they've been a huge part of our success, being able to buy time so we can get the right parts, get the full, you know, the full repair done and not have to have them come back. Um, so yeah, technology and just making things easy for people. There's a reason why, um, people use Grubhub, Uber, Amazon, um, when you could, you could, there are cheaper alternatives, but the convenience is really, really hard to, to pass up. So, um, I think that's something that's important is being convenient for people and, um, and just really making sure that, um, really making sure that they're not having to work. You don't want a customer to have to, to do any work to, to visit your shop. You want to take all the, take all the work out of it. Um, so that, that would be my advice. All right. That's sound advice. And I, I appreciate having you on the show today, Anthony. Hey, I'm honored to be on the show. I listen to it all the time and I'm, I'm honored to be a, be a part of it, to be invited on. All right, man. And best of luck to you and your endeavors now and in the future. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, And you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.